Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Gay News America. My name is Brandon Carmody. We want to welcome our listeners in the United States and around the world. Our special guest today is YouTuber Austin Wallace. Austin, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming aboard. So um, just to give our listeners a little bit of an introduction, you are a YouTuber. Um, what would be a good description of of Austin Wallace? What can we tell the world about Austin Wallace? Um, well, I try to help people as much as possible, and I do that through my YouTube channel uh, by just making it a very inviting and funny environment where people can come and feel welcome. And I guess that's pretty much all I can explain. <laughs> I definitely, definitely happy. Well, you're part of a very unique uh, subset of LGBTQ YouTubers that um, are getting a lot of attention, and that that bears relevance on many things that are going on right now. Um, so I wanted to ask you, just kind of going back to what I saw in the history of your YouTube, you released a coming out video about two years ago, right? Uh, when you were 16. Yes, that's correct. So I, I just had a couple questions for you, both about your coming out video and maybe if we could give advice to future folks that are either not out or thinking about coming out or looking for inspirational people. So uh, a couple of takeaways that I got from your video, you were saying that you had told a friend first, and I, I think it was actually rather funny. Didn't you ask your friend to sort of guess what your secret or yes. what your news was? You didn't quite come right out. You had, And so how did that go for you when you asked her to guess? <laughs> Well, I was doing it because, like, I was terrified. I, no one knew, and I put on a very convincing show that was more masculine, and, you know, you couldn't really tell just by looking. So I was, like, I was so terrified to just come out with it. I was, like, she's probably already guessing, so I'm just going to make her go through a whole bunch of stuff. And it took her a while, to be honest, to figure out what it was. Yeah, I think some of the more humorous guesses were, like, you tried drugs or – you got a girl pregnant. Yeah, so I, did I get that right? Someone pregnant. Yeah, she thought she was like, "Did you get someone pregnant, Austin?" I was like, "No, it's the opposite of that. Actually, it's probably never going to happen." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, would you say that once once your friend figured it out, like that was your first person, that was your first go-to? You said she was yeah. completely okay with it. Like that was an okay experience for you. And then your next oh, yeah. move was you went directly to your mom. Mm -hmm. because me and my mom were always very close. I honestly, still to this day, have never kept anything from her. Even my more darker moments, I've basically told her everything, so I only felt it right or necessary to tell her, or at least her be one of the very first people, just because she was such an important person in my life and everything. Yes. One of the things about the mom story that I would like to ask you about a little bit, because this kind of struck home for me, and I know that if it's heading home for me, Austin, that it's someone else out there listening, whether they're a youth or, you know, up into their 40s, still closeted, whatever, you know, that we have a whole subset of LGBTQ people in our community, young through aged. Um, mm -hmm. You were talking about how she had, and any parent would, right, have these future plans for their child, like have a wife, have okay. children, they would have grandchildren, and that you sort of saw, mm -hmm. like, that kind of light or 
dreams kind of drained away, maybe from like her eyes or whatever. Like that's that's a little bit disparaging, but I can understand. Like, like did you really feel like like she saw like a whole part of the perception of you change in that moment? Like, can, what can you tell us yeah. about how this went down when when you when you talked with your mom? Well, at first, I was expecting it to be complete. Like, I was expecting her to be like, "Oh, I accept you with open arms. You know, this doesn't phase me at all, just because." you know, she was my mom, and I thought that that's what she was expected to do, but what I didn't realize is the minute I told her that I was gay, a part of me died, literally. A part of her me that she thought was going to grow up and do all of these amazing things is now not going to happen anymore, and so when I told her, I definitely saw this part of her just really get upset, just not because she was upset that I was gay or anything. She still loved me completely. It's just that her idea of me had changed and she had to, she wasn't ever going to have, you know, uh, she was never going to have pictures of me with my wife and kids when I was older and stuff. It was going to be different. Right. And it wasn't what I wanted. And at first I was very upset about it. I thought it was ridiculous that she was not accepting me with open arms, but I didn't realize that a part of me did kind of in a way die and you have to give your parents time to adjust to the fact that your life isn't going to go the way they thought it was originally going to go. So that, you know, that's a powerful experience. I'm sure. Um, just bringing things to current tense, like how is it with your mom now? Like has she come completely for a circle? Like how is her acceptance of you being out and gay oh my God. in present, present day? <laughs> She is bragging about me all the time. She doesn't, I mean, I don't think she cares anymore. She's always asking me if I'm dating anybody, if I've met any cute boys. I mean, it's it's completely a 180. I mean, I was expecting it to be like this from the beginning, but it just takes time. And now me and my mom have, once again, a great relationship. I love her to death. I talk to her almost every day since I've moved. And yeah, she's literally been bragging about me on Facebook, all the stuff I'm doing out here. She doesn't care if people don't like that I'm gay. She loves me and is always going to be proud of me, and I know that. Were there any other um, notable or unpleasant things about your coming out experience? Um, I guess the most unpleasant thing is you do see people who you're friends with or social with kind of drop away from your life. I mean, it wasn't anybody major. I didn't lose any of my big friends, but it was just people that obviously didn't have positive opinions about the LGBT community. And I just noticed that I stopped talking to them more. And I mean, I guess you can call that unpleasant or bad, but uh, in reality, it didn't phase me very much just because I'd rather have people who think positively in my life than people who are secretly hating who I am and that kind of stuff. Definitely. Now you were, um, uh, so you identified in the video that you were 16 at the time you did the coming out video. So uh, I assume probably midway through high school, like how was your school experience? Did you also come out to peers? I mean, how, how out did Austin Wallace become? <laughs> um, well, I guess you could say I never really did anything by the books just because uh, I feel like most people come out kind of in a slow manner, but uh, the minute I started telling people, I couldn't stop to the point where I was just like, I'm just going to come out on social media. And I had a very, I was going to a very small private school and everybody who went there basically followed me, but I knew there was a few rumors going around about me. So I was just like, I'm just going to come out on social media. You know, if they know, they know, I don't care. 
uh, and I just did it. And one day, maybe three people knew I was gay. And then the next day, everybody at my school knew I was gay. And I was actually the first person at that school to ever, like, confirm. And oh, you set the standard. Oh, my gosh, you set the I standard. Did. Okay. And it backfired on me a little bit, but that's a whole other story. Yes. So um, I want to ask you, so your first video that I can find on YouTube is uh, the coming out story. So I want to ask, how did you first decide to get on YouTube? And was it linked with your, you know, coming out? And were there people on YouTube that sort of inspired you to come out? Like, how did your YouTube life begin, Austin? My YouTube life began with, I feel like, a uh, character that everybody knows on YouTube is Davey Wavy. I saw his coming out story and I watched all of his videos and was just completely inspired because, I mean, he helped me so much, especially when I felt so alone. And the minute I came out, I felt great. And it was, but coming out was something I was always so afraid to do. But the minute I did it, I felt great afterwards. And I was like, people need to know this. And so many people on YouTube helped me. And I just thought maybe if I got on YouTube and explained my story, I could help more people like me that are in maybe you're not so normal situation, like going to private school, being around religious people like 24 seven. So I just decided that I want to do my part and maybe help a few people out as well. And is it fair to say uh, with the type of online reception and fanfare that you have, that that, that makes you a public figure. You pretty much became a public figure at that point for all intents and purposes, right? Yeah, pretty much. So how is that, how is that being, you know, a teenager uh, attending a private religious school, coming out as gay, and then immediately opening up, you know, in a sense, like kind of like your life and diary to share it with the world. Like how life-changing was that for you? Um, it was great in the way that I've always been an attention whore. Like I'm not going to lie. I don't <laughs> mind large amounts of attention at one time. I, I mean, I feel like most people my age in one way or another do enjoy it. But it was also difficult because it was like opening a very, very private part of my life to the whole world. Um, And I did get to control what was released, but at the same time, it's like you can't really just tell half a story. You have to tell the whole story. So it came with great moments, and it also came with very difficult moments of, you know, me sharing harder stuff that had happened in my life. And it's really just about showing people your true self and not making up a character and only showing one half of yourself. Definitely, definitely. So um, do I have the timeline right? Is it about two years since you've been on YouTube, or or is that timeline kind of skewed? Like how long has it actually been? Uh, I started doing it more professionally, I guess maybe six months after my first video. So I guess I've been like working, working on it for about a year and a half, but I mean, it rounded up. It's basically been two years. Yes. And by, by professionally, are you a partner, like uh, part of the actual YouTube community? Is that what that means? Uh, I mean, I just considered it professionally, like by the time that I was, it was my full-time job. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm partnered. I don't know <laughs> if I'm verified, but I'm, I don't know if I'm, I, I'm assuming so. That's okay. That's okay. Um, there, the reason I'm asking some of these questions is there are folks, um, our, we have listeners that want to hear everything from, you know, what are coming out experiences like, what's it like to be a YouTuber, and um, ultimately, like, do people reach out to you? Like, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time coming out, or I'm having a hard time with parents or school. Do people 
come to you for advice and bring their personal stories to you? Yes, all the time. I, um, a lot of my more personal videos are based off of questions I see on my Instagram DMs and my Twitter DMs and my Twitter, like people mentioning me and stuff like that. But like, uh, of course, I get, I get so many messages a day that I'm not really able to respond one-on-one to everyone, but I really do form and create my videos to answer as many questions as possible and make sure I can help as many people with maybe more, you know, specific questions in each one of my videos. Definitely, definitely. And um, I, I, you know, I, I was, I, I kind of asked ahead of time and you said anything was fair game, so I'll tread lightly into this, but you and a few other semi, you know, famous YouTubers have actually had and lived like a part of a relationship online and in yes. videos and then regrettably gone through a breakup. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to briefly ask you, like, what's it like to live like that part, like where everyone gets to know you and sort of as a group and then be single? And, ha- and I literally saw the video where you had to break that news to the fans like was that difficult because you were kind of asking everyone to kind of accept this and hang with you but that must have been very difficult for you it was it was the probably one of the most difficult videos i've ever made just because like there's only so much i can say i mean there is our personal lives i mean i have to you know keep private and and it was hard because i just of course kind of sit there and be like you guys this happened and you know, no matter how much begging or complaining, you know, this is the way it's going to be now. And I had to just kind of beg my viewers to just accept that this is how it is from now on. And it was hard because my channel, you know, for about a year was completely relationship based. And now it went from being a couple to just being one person. And it was just so hard because I knew there were so many people that looked up to my relationship and probably saw it as perfect. And that's just because, I mean, I can't really put all of the bad parts on YouTube, you know, and right. I can't even imagine what it would be like to just see this kind of relationship that you look at and kind of see it as idealistic and finding out that there were actually so many problems that it had to end. So that was the hard part for me, which is literally kind of saying people that maybe something that you saw as perfect was actually flawed. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's important because what a lot of folks may not realize watching these quote-unquote characters on YouTube is that that's us, <laughs> for God's sake. Like, that's us. We're sharing a part of our lives, and real things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure you've seen this before with some other famous YouTubers that broke up, and all of a sudden it's like, ah, like the whole identity of what they're doing was kind of built that way. So I get it. I get it. But I think it's important for everything LGBTQ to reflect our real lives, reality, choices, breakups, life and death. I mean, um, w- wouldn't you agree? Like, you, you basically said this is a real-life moment and we're going to move on from here. So hasn't that worked out for you in the in the time since? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just showed me that I need to just put as much out there as possible without leaving out any details just so – Maybe the next time I have to reveal news that it's not so shocking because I, yeah, I mean we had we had been experiencing problems for months in advance and uh, there was very little to no warning that this was going to happen. There was a little bickering on Twitter that some people picked up on, even though it wasn't even directed at each other. But other than that, it was just kind of one video where everything seemed fine, and then the next video where it was over. 
Yes. Well, so what I was actually more surprised by was in your early videos, you went from coming out to being coupled. And I was even like, wow, that was fast. So, you know, you don't have to connect all the dots, but maybe maybe the groundwork had already been laid by the time you gave your, your coming out story. But I, I didn't really see in your early videos a lot of single time. It's like you said, it was it became a couple channel very early on, didn't it? Yes. Like, I mean, it was almost – my channel was basically built on our relationship. Yeah. So tell me about LGBTQ rights, advocacy groups. Um, are, are there groups that you work with that you follow on Twitter, like the Big Five, like Human Rights Campaign, Trevor Project, Listen? Of course. All how, do you, how do you feel about the work being done by them? And do you have any direct involvement with these groups often? Um, I have not worked directly with any of them. I would, of course, love to and uh, hopefully in the future start working with them more closely. But uh, right now I'm actually working uh, with a school in New York that is actually a Christian school that has an LGBT club. And uh, I'm going to be flying out to New York in a few weeks to work on an anti-bullying campaign with them just because I don't think kids realize like how much an impact just a few words can have on one person. So yes. especially in the LGBT community when you feel so singled out and alone. So it really makes me happy to be able to go to another private school that's actually accepting of their LGBT youth and then working with them to kind of hopefully make a change in the way schools work and the way kids look at each other. Definitely. Um, do you have any thoughts or comments? Um, not not asking you to get too political, but just in regards to what this current presidential administration has done so far in regard to LGBTQ. Um, like, for example, they asked for the Obama guidance regarding transgender students protected in restrooms to be removed, leaving it up to the states and individual schools. Like, do you have any feelings about kind of where the nation is right now politically and where LGBTQ rights stand? Uh, politics is definitely something I try to stay out of just because I feel like politics divides people more than it brings people together. But I will say that I just feel like that was kind of a very strange thing to start off on and to really, I don't know, enforce right off the bat into this presidency. So I really feel like that divided America more than anything. And that I just don't think that that was something that even needed to be addressed, let alone changed. Sure, sure. Um, and in regard to bullying, hate crime laws, and different uh, legislation, so we've come so far, obviously, you know, with the Supreme Court ruling in favor of same-sex marriage, um, we do have mm -hmm. certain hate crime legislations that have been passed, like the uh, Matthew Shepard, James Byrd Act, but uh, in the work that you see out there, does it feel like there's a lot further to go, or just more like locking up continuation of equal rights like where do you see the country headed if you were to look at us right now versus where we've been I mean we've made huge strides in the past few years uh, I remember just five years ago it didn't really feel like we were doing anything like it was just big that people were just telling other people hey maybe we shouldn't use derogatory gay terms and stuff towards that and then just a few years later we're getting married and we're being acknowledged and it really felt like we started sprinting in terms of our you know, progression in the community, and now it kind of feels like we're slowing down a little bit. Uh, maybe 10 months ago, I would have said that it didn't seem like there was very much for us to do just because of how fast we, pro we were progressing. 
but now just because of the fact that it kind of feels like we're slowing down, it kind of almost seems like we have more to do. You know, people are still having trouble adopting. And I, I just think that it's ridiculous. Like it's, you know, look at the year we're in. I mean, shouldn't this not be an issue anymore? Definitely, definitely. So you are obviously involved in the community, have people that you're in communication with. Like what do they um, talk to you about? Like is it adoption? Is it bullying issues? Like what, what, if you put your ear to the ground, like what topics do you hear that are active and on the table right now that people talk about? I mean, definitely the bathroom situation with transgender kids and stuff. Uh, there's, I wouldn't say there's more bullying, but there's more selective bullying in the LGBT community with kids just not understanding what it means to be a part of the community and all that stuff. And there's also, you know, I know families who are trying to start to grow together and have kids and that are having issues. And I just don't feel like any of these things should be a problem at this point. I mean, for God's sakes, it's like if people know about the LGBT community enough to know that we're not going to be good parents, I mean, why are they in power? That's what I'm wondering. Yes. Like if someone could be so ignorant, how could they have so much power? Okay. I wanted to ask about online dating real quick. Um, you had a video, I think it was like titled like my grander date from hell or something like that. But I've, I've asked yes. several people, several LGBTQ people lately kind of just speak about the broader context. Like, do you feel that sort of the culture that we've created with these online dating slash hookups slash whatever they are apps like have changed our sort of relationships to other people and sort of, made it into something different? I mean, is it harder to establish something real, do you feel, with the technology, or does the technology make um, meeting someone so much easier? Like, how, what do you feel about tech relating to meeting other men? Like, is it, uh, is it safe? Is it dangerous? Is it culturally unwise? <laughs> what, do you, what do you take? Uh, I've always stressed this. It, anytime you meet someone from a website, you should be very cautious you never know who you're dealing with, especially if you don't know them or anybody that happens to know them. So I've always warned my viewers to be very cautious about going on like almost blind dates with people that they've met online. Uh, a yes. lot of people do say, though, that they think that online dating is killing the dating idea. And I would have to go as far as to say it's doing the opposite. Uh, it is hard to find somebody out there, and I think that's just because we're – in the generation where we want things now we want to find our perfect match right now but think of it if we were not able to connect with our community as well as we do now online i think it would be immensely more difficult just to find someone who you can relate to a little bit i mean it's hard to go online because there are so many people who want so many different things but at least you're able to single out like what you want and what other people want and then you can kind of at least narrow everybody down to what is something that you could be interested that they could be interested in also. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the extreme difference between, you know, the blind luck of if you were to meet Mr. Wright, like in a bar, in exactly. a library, at a rally, which is, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but that's like lightning striking versus, you exactly. know, you've got a profile online, you've got some, you know, the basics of what you're looking for in your life out there and someone can basically shop. I mean, I hate to put it that way, but it's like you're in the storefront, and it's like they're trying on the different shoes to see which one fits. So I don't know what's right. I just wanted to get your take I mean, on it. I, I've spoken with several people that feel like it's destroying the old way, the ways that we used to have to meet in person, for real. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I've had I've since I've had my breakup. I've been going on a few dates though, and other than that one that I talked about on my YouTube channel, I've had a few very nice dates that I actually had a really good time on. I feel like if you just go on expecting to find your true love right away, then yeah, you're going to consider it destroying because you're not getting exactly what you want. But I go into it just very optimistic, at least hoping to meet maybe someone who I could spend the rest of my life with, but also maybe I could just meet a few friends from this. Not everything has to yes. be a relationship. Yes, yes, and I and I absolutely appreciate and 100% back what you said for everyone listening about take a certain level of safeguard and security oh, God, precautions yeah. when – meeting someone from the internet consider a safe neutral location don't go directly to someone's home or their bedroom or you know i mean make smart safe choices tell someone i think you might have even said that in one of your videos or someone did you know tell someone where you are so there's at least one third party out there it's like hmm, i should have heard by austin by now it's after midnight you know what i mean exactly and especially nowadays you can share your location with people I mean, on my first date with my ex-boyfriend, who, I mean, even though we broke up, we had a great relationship. On my first date, I literally brought a knife. I mean, I mean I, I'm a small person. <laughs> I know that if something goes south, I should be able to protect myself. And uh, I mean, that was yes. just because I couldn't get any of my friends to go with me. But I mean, I've had an experience where uh, I felt very uncomfortable with somebody, and they actually tried to get me to get in their car to go back to their house. And uh, it was a scary situation, and I felt very... Uh, very like vulnerable in the moment because I mean if he really wanted me to get in that car he was much bigger than me he could have just got me in that car and drove off with me Yeah. so I make it very yeah. obvious that you have to be so unbelievably careful with dating especially if you don't know that person yes and I'm, I'm very empathetic um, I try not to put this story out there too much because it's slightly overwhelming for some people but I was almost murdered in 2003 by uh, someone that I met online. And I know, I know, I'm okay now. I just want to make sure everyone knows that. But it was very serious. It was very unexpected. I honestly never saw it coming. And he did go to prison. So, unfortunately, I'm like patient X. Like, I'm an example for what could possibly happen to any of us. So that's why I really Mm -hmm. do emphasize the caution and precautions. Because, unfortunately... Um, I'm a victim of some severe violence, and I've seen where it can go. So I, I just hope and pray that that never happens to anybody else. That's all, you know? I mean, of course. Like, I can't even imagine. So um, as far as just a career question here, because we're kind of down to our last four minutes, um, okay. would you list YouTube on a resume, or, like, do you have a secret job, like career ambitions? Like, you're so young, Austin. There's got to be something that you're looking to do. Um, unless YouTube pays really well, right? There's got to be something employment-wise or career ambitions, right? I mean, of course I love YouTube, but I do know it's not going to be a stable job forever. Right now it's paying the bills, but um, I do want to go into the entertainment industry, and that's kind of why I have a YouTube channel. It's really brought me into that industry already, and I'm able to learn about it and kind of work in it as we speak, but um, YouTube is something I'm proud to be a part of. I'm proud of all of my content. Uh, It's definitely something I would put on a resume. I feel like anybody who would see my YouTube channel on a resume and would thought, ew, that's that's not something you should put on there. Maybe you should think about the impact that I've had on a community before they turn that down and say that that's not something I should have on a job resume. Definitely. 
Um, one question for you about YouTube. So YouTube has been in the news, and there are even several users that have directly reported on this, including Tyler Oakley and several others, that are about the restrictive content. Um, do you personally yes. feel like this restrictive content issue is affecting your viewership or the viewership of other LGBTs? I've had, I've had someone tell me recently that it is not new, that there has always been a tiny subset of YouTubers that just didn't want to see our content. This is just now kind of hitting the news. Like, what's your take on this uh, recent story about the research of content? Um, I am upset to see that some of my, because, I mean, I didn't know about this until it did make news, and I looked at my channel with the restricted uh, setting on, and I noticed that a lot of my more... Uh, popular videos that are talking about gay rights and not anything anyone would be offended by was restricted and it's very off-putting because YouTube has always stated that it stands behind its LGBT community but it was kind of sad to see that I w a lot of my videos that weren't any mean any like anything gross or maybe sexual or any of that type of um, type of video was restricted and it uh, I don't think it's been affecting my channel that much, but I is I do think it is something they need to definitely look at. Like I don't know how they decided what was restricted and what wasn't, but it's it's very disappointing to see that a lot of the content that was restricted was just strictly LGBT based and somewhat okay. even very soft hearted videos. Well, I'm gonna read very briefly. This is the official statement from YouTube. We are so proud to represent LGBTQ voices on our platform. They're a key part of what YouTube is all about. The intention of restricted mode is to filter out mature content for the tiny subset of users who want a more limited experience. LGBTQ videos are available in restricted mode, but videos that discuss more sensitive issues may not be. We regret any confusion this has caused and are looking into your concerns. We appreciate your feedback and passion for making YouTube such an inclusive, diverse, and vibrant community. Um, that's their official response at this point on the issue. Like, I mean, the thing is, is I'm wondering how they're picking which videos to be restricted because there were a lot of videos that were restricted just on my channel that were literally maybe just me and my ex-boyfriend cooking, like just kind of simple oh, stuff wow. like that that you really wouldn't expect to be restricted. Uh, very kind-hearted stuff. I mean, maybe there's some type of algorithm they're using that maybe backfired. I don't know. I'm just hoping that they really look at this because it's really pissing a lot of people off. And I hope their next move is planned out very well and that they handle this very professionally. Okay. Now, uh, we would like to do a plug-a-rama. Uh, once again, Austin Wallace, YouTuber, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, plug-a-rama, where can thank folks you so much find you me. online? Uh, right now, I'm just on YouTube under the name Austin Wallace. The last name is spelled W-A-L-L-I-S. And uh, anywhere else is basically Austin 445544. Okay. Uh, it was very awesome speaking with you, Austin. Uh, please continue Thank the work so that you're doing, anything you can do for the community. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Talk to you later.